Hey guys, Darren Bentley here. And before we get started, I wanted to make a special announcement. We have officially opened registration for the Private Money Conference, which is a three-day live event where you will learn directly from Jay and his team how to raise thousands of dollars in private money to fund all of your real estate deals. Now, in today's changing market, more and more people are losing out to other investors because most of those investors have the cash to fund these deals. Did you know that you are missing out on 87% of the real estate deals out there because you don't have access to private money? Sadly, most real estate investors don't even know this is the reason why they continue to lose deal after deal. And with everything that's happening in the market today, you absolutely need every advantage available to you. And having access to unlimited amounts of private money is your big advantage. So to register for this live event, head over to jconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event, where you will be able to lock in your seat for this live in-person three-day event, which takes place June 12th, 13th, and the 14th in beautiful North Carolina. But you got to be fast because there are a limited number of seats, and when they are gone, they're gone. So again, to take advantage of this incredible event and to learn how to raise all the private money you'll ever need directly from Jay Connor and his team, head over to jayconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jayconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event. Now let's get into today's episode. Well, welcome to another episode of Real Estate Investing with Jay Connor. I'm Jay Connor, you're the Private Money Authority, and I'm the host of the show here. And I want to extend a very, very special welcome to you. If this particularly is your first show, we talk about all things real estate investing. Uh, I'm known as the Private Money Authority. Up until about ten and a half years ago, I was relying on the local banks, and mortgage companies, and hard money lenders to provide the funding for my deals. But when I was cut off, I was introduced to this wonderful world of private money and haven't missed out on a deal since. I'm not talking hard money. I'm talking about doing business with individuals. And so I've got a free gift for all of my uh, viewers and listeners. And that is if you want to learn how to get all the funding for your deals and never miss out on a deal, then I've got a, a free online class waiting for you to attend. It's at www dot jayconner, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash money podcast. That website again is jayconner, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash money podcast. I will teach you the five steps of how to go from having no funding for your deals to unlimited fund over the past year plus since we launched the show. We're quickly approaching over 200,000 downloads and listens and it's all because of you. If you've been listening to us on iTunes, be sure and uh, subscribe, uh, rate and review uh, so you don't miss out on any of our future shows. But if you've been tuning in, you know I've had some amazing guests and experts on the show. That's what makes the show so unique and important and valuable to you. And today is no different. I'm so excited to have as my friend and business colleague, John Martinez here on the show with me. He's a serial entrepreneur and he is also a highly sought after sales expert. 
and you're going to for sure get a big dose of that here in just a second. John, besides being a friend of mine, he's also best known for his sales training, particularly in the real estate investment industry. So if you are a seasoned real estate investor or you haven't even done your first real estate deal yet, you definitely want to pay close attention to John because he's going to show you here in the next few minutes how you can really ramp up your business as we dive into his topic that he's an expert on. And so for example, John has already trained over 500 of the country's top real estate investors and their teams. He teaches and coaches on scripts and sales and negotiation strategies. And quite frankly, the clients that he's worked with, he's been a part of transforming the entire real estate investing industry. And John is also now widely accepted as the real estate investing industry's gold standard for sure. John, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be here. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in the next few days, John, at our uh, next mastermind meeting that we're in together. Absolutely. Looking forward to it as well. Me too. Me too. It's always great to get together with like-minded people and um, help each other with our businesses and, and et cetera. So John, I've been very interested in having you come here on the show, carved out a particular niche on working with real estate investors, working with their teams in this area of, of sales. But before we get into your expert, tell us a little bit more about your background. How long have you been a real estate investor and how did you get into it? You know, actually I, I don't invest in any real estate myself today. I've, I've bought hundreds of houses, I'll tell you how, without being a real estate investor, but I've been in sales, some form of sales for about 20 years now, climbing the corporate ladder, you know, leadership roles, director of sales, director of sales and marketing. And about six or so years ago, launched my own sales training company because that was my favorite part of, of building sales teams, basically. And about five years ago, we got pulled into a real estate, the real estate investment world. And it really just took over our business. So we ended up shutting down all other industries that we, we trained in and just focused on real estate investment. So that brings me how I, to how I actually bought houses. So when we were kind of adapting our training to this specific industry. I wanted to get to know it a lot better. So I spent uh, probably about a year on the road. Uh, as we trained, I went market to market across the country and I'd hop in the car with investors, acquisition agents, and I'd go buy houses and I would train them. You know, today all of our trainings online are at boot camps, but back then I would train one-on-one -on -one and we would just, uh, we just go buy houses together. I'd buy some, they'd buy some, I'd coach them. So over the course of a year, I bought houses coast to coast, even set up shop in my local market to spend about three months uh, buying houses here to, to really just get the training dialed into this specific industry. I got you. So when we talk about the importance of being really, really good in sales in this world of real estate investing, are you talking, so what area do we need to, in your opinion, to become really, really good salespeople and negotiators. Is it, I would think you just mentioned it on the buying side. So you're talking about when you're negotiating with a seller of a property, right? Right. I mean, that's the most obvious place. I mean, you've got to be good in all aspects of sales, whether it's on the acquisitions or the dispositions or shoot, even, you know, working with your contractors or other vendors and, and, and things of that nature. So you need to be good across the board. We really focus on the acquisition side though. Because what we've realized is regardless of, of exit, or even if you are exiting, if you're just buy and hold, you got to buy the property at the right price. And the better deal you get on the house, 
kind of the more mistakes you can make too and, and be forgiven for. So we focus on the buy side of things because it just, it, it, it impacts everything. I got you. So can anybody be good in sales? Can anybody really learn the negotiation techniques of, that would actually take them to buying more houses? Yeah, I mean, and it's, you know, we traditionally look at sales as kind of like this art. And to an extent it is, but a lot of people look at sales as, hey, this is a natural salesperson. This is not. And there's a little bit of, there's some truth to that. Some people are just better suited for sales, just the, the way they're built. But sales is a process like any other piece of any other business, you know, whether it's accounting or whether it's, you know, on the construction side, whatever it is, we all put these processes in place. And we know, hey, if I follow this step-by-step process, I can kind of predict what kind of outcome I'm going to get. Sales is the same. If you are able to teach that process uh, in such a way that anyone can follow that process, they can get good results with sales. Again, some people might be, you know, a little better suited for it personality-wise. And I think we've had the most success with our company because we have focused on not just training, quote-unquote, salespeople, but anyone in the sales role. So, yeah, I think anyone can sell. You know, for years, I thought the best salespeople and the best, well, not as negotiators, but the best salespeople to close the deal were those that, you know, had the outgoing personality, you know, was the glad handler, was the person that made you feel good, um, you know, very outgoing. But as I have observed very, very successful salespeople in different teams and different organizations, what amazed me as I really started observing personalities, sometimes it's the person that's like really quiet, doesn't say that much, I mean, you wouldn't know they were in the room, but when they sat down with a one-on-one appointment with someone to discuss how they could be a coach or how they could help them in their business, it's like they were, I've seen them close more deals and have higher conversion rates being a very soft personality with persistent questions with the right questions and close more deals. What's been your observations? Yeah, you're exactly right. And there's plenty of data to actually back that up. Uh, Introverts usually make better salespeople. And there's a number of reasons for it. Number one, you know, when you look at that outgoing individual, let's think about what makes them outgoing is is they're talking a lot is is one thing, right? They're they're talking, sharing, conversing, and they want to make the other person feel really comfortable. And that's why they're so likable. But now let's look at sales. If you're the one always talking, that's not a good sign, right? Great salespeople ask questions and, and do very little of the talking. They let their, their prospects or home sellers kind of self-discover why they should do business with you and, and kind of convince themselves. Uh, and they just guide that conversation through questions. So that takes the outgoing person and uh, makes them, you know, not usually the best, best salesperson. The other piece of that is outgoing people want to be liked. And that's why they've developed those characteristics. That's why they are so good at being liked. But in sales, it's more important to be respected. And if you are trying to be liked, let's talk about the things you won't do. You won't ask the uncomfortable questions, which sometimes it's necessary to ask. You won't take the conversation to some places you need it to go because you might make the the seller or prospect a little bit uncomfortable. And when it comes to negotiating, you're going to want to give them what they want to keep that relationship good and to keep them happy. So when we actually look at the top salespeople across the country in any industry, 
we find that under 5% of top performing salespeople are actually those, those outgoing extroverted type, type of people. So that's a very small percentage of, of top performers nationwide. Right. So if someone is the owner of their real estate investing business and they have this very, very outgoing personality and strive to be liked, you recommend they get an acquisitionist with this other type personality as soon as they can? Well, you know, uh, a great question. You just want to make sure that those hidden weaknesses that keep them from selling effectively are addressed. So usually the easiest way to do that is by implementing a step-by-step -step sales process and holding that salesperson accountable to that process, making sure the right questions are asked, making sure they go deep enough in certain parts of the conversation, uncover the information they need to. And then if you train them to stick to those, hey, you have to ask these questions, we need to find out this information, we need to accomplish these things on a sales call, then it can actually work out really well when you mesh those two things. So the secret really is making, whether it's an introvert or extrovert, making sure they stick to, stick to the script, stick to a sales process. Because sometimes when you marry those two things up, the right sales process and someone who's just easily likable, you, you can find a, a really good salesperson if you get those two things together. So, you know, you've worked with some real estate investing organizations and teams here in the nation that do, you know, over a hundred deals a year, right? You've worked with people that are wholesalers, flippers, et cetera. I mean, regardless what our exit strategy is, we still got to find the deal. We still got to negotiate the deal. We still got to talk with, you know, and negotiate the deal with the seller. So my next question, John, is given all these different organizations and, and people that you've worked with, real estate investors, what are some common, what are some commonalities that you've noticed of some of the biggest mistakes that real estate investors have made in the past that you've been able to observe and put them on a better track and increase their closing ratios? Right. There's a handful of them. So I'll kind of try to pick through quickly and some are going to kind of blend together. So I would say when it comes to building a sales team, the biggest, probably two biggest mistakes I see is hiring too few people. Most investors start with one acquisition agent. And what typically happens is this, if they're, if they're not really vetting them out in the beginning, they just kind of go and buy their gut. For example, hey, this person's really outgoing. They might be a great salesperson. They, they, they hire one instead of two or three, even though they might eventually only need one. Here's why that's a mistake. When you hire one person, I've seen this so many times and it, it hurts to watch. They hire one salesperson. They just, they put all of this energy and all of these resources into that salesperson to train them. And when that salesperson doesn't work out or isn't performing, the investor is very reluctant to let him go because they, they have so much invested in them, in them personally. So they hold on to him for way too long. And then what happens is now it's two, three, four months down the line. Finally, that relationship does end, but it only ends when it's absolutely necessary, which means there's been uh, you know, a few bad months or for whatever reason, it's just they can't go forward any longer. And then the investor is right back into the acquisition spot and starting over from scratch. So I can't tell you how many times I've seen that around the hiring, just not betting enough on the front end and then just hiring one person instead of multiple people and then getting stuck in this hamster wheel where it's like this three or four month cycle of just, just pain, right? Uh, not working out and then being back in the driver's seat, back where they started after three or four months, tons of leads wasted, opportunities wasted, everyone feeling burnt out. So 
around hiring, that's probably the biggest mistake is just not, not taking your time, hiring the right person, and then going all in on that one person instead of hiring two or three, because uh, there's some creative ways you can do that, no matter how big your organization is. I'd say the other thing I've seen, you know, if we're talking about kind of the, the, the biggest mistakes that, that people tend to make is probably around letting salespeople run the show, write their own scripts, come with their own sales process. Instead of saying, hey, this is the sales process we use. This is our blueprint and I expect you to follow it. Because what happens then is, you know, as they're looking to scale or, or even if they're not looking to scale, maybe they see turnover. If they don't have a blueprint, step-by-step sales process set up, it, it makes that incredibly difficult. Uh, let's say you hire a second person. Now, the second salesperson or third salesperson, they're all selling differently. It's really hard to have a sales meeting and say, hey, where are all these deals at? What are the next steps? What are we missing to get this thing to the finish line? Because everyone's doing their own thing. They don't speak the same language even. Uh, so that's difficult. Or if you see turnover and you have no process in place, it's incredibly hard to train that new person. You have to usually jump back in the driver's seat and do it all over again because there's no standard system or process in place. So I guess to sum all of that up, it's like everything else in building a real estate investing business. The best investors have systems and processes documented for everything. And I think the biggest mistake an investor can make is not treating sales the same way as any other part of their business.